1025 It's time to talk football It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alan McGregor signs a one-year contract extension at Rangers as Celtic's Jota deal edging ever closer and Jack Ross has been named Dundee United's new manager. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. No downside to any of those stories. Alan McGregor, happy to have one final season at Ibrox. He must go there on the understanding that he's not necessarily guaranteed a game every week. With regard to Jota, the Celtic fans would be delighted when that one is finally over the line. He was one of the highlights of the season gone by. And with regard to Jack Ross, I always take a temperature check with producer Callum on all matters relative to Dundee United. And the thermometer is showing a very healthy reading. He's a happy man to have Jack Ross at the helm. Who am I to disagree? Yeah, I can see him smiling through there. So let us know what you think at home on any of these stories. 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Of course, that news that Alan McGregor will be staying at Rangers for another year. So a simple question for you Rangers fans at home. Is that the right choice? Are you happy about it? 01419511025. Maybe there's something else you'd like to talk about as well. Make sure to get in touch. And we'll get you on tonight. Let's go straight to that story, though, that we touched on there. Alan McGregor signed a one-year contract extension at Rangers. There was obviously plenty of uncertainty coming into this summer, Hugh, with his contract running out. The fact he's now 40 years old. The fact he was substituted on as well, right at the end of that Scottish Cup final win over Hearts. It looked as if it may be his final bow in a Rangers shirt. He's taken some time to think about it. And uh, he'll be a Rangers player for another year. You could go over all of the season gone by and find games where Alan McGregor let himself and the team down, cost Rangers points. By the same token, you could look at games where Alan McGregor kept Rangers in the game and won them points. So there's no downside to it. He's a very good goalkeeper. He can't expect to play every week unless his form is outstanding. And uh, Rangers will know that it's a good thing to have him about the place anyway because he's a quality act. Yeah, he was asked about his future a couple of times after the the Hearts game and he he didn't really give an indication either way. He then went away on holiday. He actually said in some quotes today after he signed, he said, I had a couple of weeks holiday and really thought about it, spoke to a lot of people and everybody said to play on as long as you can. After the break, that's what I was thinking myself. So here we are. And it's an old cliche, Hugh, but as a footballer, you're a long time retired and it looks as if Alan McGregor's decided, you know what, I'm, I'm just not ready to give it up yet. And the time to make a decision like that is not when your mind is all over the place and you're replaying the whole season in your head. And that little piece of choreography at the cup final when he came on and John McLaughlin came off, all of that, he was as well getting away and having a proper think about it, which he has done. And he's come to the decision that suits him best, which is his prerogative. And it's good for him and it's good for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and for Rangers that they've got this clarity. Now, on the 20th of June, it's a week before Rangers get back into pre-season training. I think it's next Monday they're back. That's a problem Giovanni Van Bronckhorst didn't want to have to think about going forward, whether he's going to need to sign a new goalkeeper or whether John McLaughlin is going to be the man going forward. Now, he does have a headache because he has to choose who his number one is, but at least the guys that he's choosing between are both in the building. Yeah, uh, as I say, there's no downside to it for me. Uh, McGregor will play as often as Giovanni Van Bronckers wants him to play, uh, and he is a good goalkeeper. I'd be the last man in the world who would complain about his age, 
I can hardly go into arguments about age. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. Andy is a Rangers fan up first in West Lothian. Andy, are you happy about the news? I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, I think it's a super, super news. I think McGregor's still one of the top goalkeepers in Scotland. Um, I reckon if he had been hungry up his boots way uh, Scotland, he could still have been playing with them. Um, but absolutely delighted. Although I do rate John McLaughlin. I think McLaughlin's a great goalkeeper as well, uh, especially taking cross balls out there at corners and uh, free kicks and that kind of thing. He's better than Greeks at that, I would say. But um, as a short stopper, I don't think... Uh, McGregor's hard to beat. Andy, are you expecting to see a bit more rotation next season when it comes to Alan McGregor and John McLaughlin? Because over the last couple of seasons we've seen a bit of it, but Alan McGregor has still been the mainstay in that Ranger side. Would you expect John McLaughlin to maybe get a bit more game time this campaign? Yeah, I would do. Um, I think he will get a bit more game time. But um, as I say, maybe no 50%, maybe no 50-50 as um, I think McLaughlin will probably get the most games this season. But um, they have a guy like McGregor in there who's, I don't know if it's been said that he's going to be doing a, doing a bit of goalkeeping coaching. Um, I think it's a fantastic signing. And uh, I was wondering what um, old Wyatt Powell, do you think to it? Well, I think it's a, a win-win situation for Rangers because the, a club of their size, you need two top-class goalkeepers. It's absolutely essential. And the manager is in the happy position of being able to go with the goalkeeper he feels is showing the best form at any particular stage of the season. So to have uh, McGregor and McLaughlin is good for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. It's why I think Celtic are going after Benjamin Segrist from Dundee United because they've got Joe Hart. But with respect to Scott Bain, Champions League coming Celtic's way now. They need to have two top-class goalkeepers there. There had been a lot of speculation a couple of weeks ago about Alan McGregor's position and if he signed on, there was no guarantee that he was going to be Rangers' number one goalkeeper. Do you expect that he signed on with, with the intention or, or thinking that he is going to be the number one? Or would you expect, you know, as Andy was saying, that there may be a bit more rotation this year? Alan McGregor is now 40. Yes, he played 48 games last season, yeah. though, to be fair. He cannot sign the contract while making demands uh, he will sign the contract and happy to be at Rangers for another season but Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will decide who's best to play in goal at any given point in the season there might be a point at which Alan McGregor has to drop down and make way for John McLaughlin and vice versa but as long as you get two quality goalkeepers that's not a problem Andy, we've seen Alan McGregor sign a new deal today. Connor Goldson, Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield have all signed new deals as well. What have you made of that business that Rangers have done so far and what are you hoping is next? Uh, well, I'm quite happy it's gone so far. Um, I would like to see us sign another striker, a guy who can put the ball in the net, um, play along with Morelos. I mean, it's not that dislike Naruf or Sakala. Um, I'm, not, I'm being honest, I'm no totally enamelled with um, Sakala, to be honest with you. Uh, but Roos decent enough, but I think we need another guy who can put the ball in the net the same as Alfredo does. Uh, that would be my main mainstay at this moment in time. And hope that the other three guys, Ken Aribo and um, Kamara, sign, sign contracts. I think there's a lot of business, Andy, going to be done uh, between now and the season kicking off. Um, Morelos annually 
becomes a story Will this be the time he goes? Uh, Is he a bigger story this summer than in previous summers Just because of his Purely because of his contract situation He's got one year left Rangers maybe need to just now stick or twist Well there comes a point when you have to look after the club And they don't want Morelos running down his contract Going somewhere for free So Rangers have to protect the club Uh, He's kind of gone into the background Alfredo Morelos Because unfortunately for him He got the bad injury It took away the final weeks of the season It cost him his place in the Europa League final in Seville uh, So he's almost out of sight, out of mind But as I say, whether it's Ryan Kent or Morelos or Glenn Kamara or whoever Calvin Bassey We're early yet Don't don't go too early because things could happen between now and the end of July Andy, are you feeling confident that Rangers will be able to tie down Morelos and Aribo and Kent? Or are you maybe expecting one or one or two of them to be out the door this summer? Well, possibly one or two. I um, I hope none of them. But uh, my heart, I hope nobody uh, leaves the club. But um, it's just as you say: is at the end of the day, you've got to look after the interests of the club and not like these guys to run down their contracts. If they're not going to sign a contract, they'll have to go, my friend. But, um, I hope, hope they do sign contracts and they stay for uh, winning the league next season. Yeah, Hugh, it's going to be a busy summer and Rangers trying to retain those players, but I'm sure a lot of Rangers fans will be excited at the prospect of hopefully them seeing bringing some new faces as well because there's not really been a whole lot of talk so far. Rangers certainly still need to, to do that business. John Suter is in for the new season, but apart from that... I'm, I'm I understand it's only the 20th of June and Rangers aren't even back in pre-season training yet but fans want to see new players through the door I would be surprised if Rangers did not sign anyone by the time the season kicks off apart from John Suter he's already signed, sealed and delivered Uh, so as I say it's what you don't know that's always the problem because for all we know Rangers might have three players as good as signed up uh, but they haven't made it public yet but that I'm quite certain that others will come in. It's fine to have Steve Davis, Scott Arfield signing on extensions, but they were all there last season. You're standing still. The need is to move forward, and that is to bring in fresh blood other than John Suter. Well, thank you to Andy. 01419511025. Rangers fans, what do you make of it? Alan McGregor signing a new one year deal. He'll certainly be at Ibrooks until next summer. One thing he does bring, Hugh, is experience. Mm-hmm. He knows Rangers very well. I think he's made 470 appearances almost for Rangers at the moment. The fact that Rangers have that experience in not only him, but in Davis and in our field, guys that know the club, that's the type of thing managers like in the dressing room, isn't it? As I say, that's all very well and good, Andrew, but it is last season's team. And next season, there'll be fresh demands on Rangers, the main demand being that they try and get the title back from Celtic. So I'd be surprised if there were not new signings made between now and the kickoff. I suppose tying down Alan McGregor on a new deal means that that's, that's an issue or a potential issue that is now sorted. You can put that to the side and it allows Rangers to focus their time and their money on areas of the pitch You would expect further forward Because defensively Rangers look pretty well sorted They've got the goalkeeper area sorted And the back line They've added John Suter They've kept Connor Goldson Calvin Bassey Yet to remain we'll, we'll, we'll see whether there are Bids that come in for him But they look pretty solid in that area It'll probably be going forward That Rangers will need to focus That time and money Well when Alfredo Morelos Suffered his injury It immediately created a problem 
And the problem was never fully uh, addressed because the, the people were not there on the premises. That's why Andy is right when he says that he'd like to see another striker come in. I think Rangers could do with one. Yeah, there's an interesting link over the weekend as well with another Rangers goalkeeper, Robbie McCrory. I don't know if you saw this one. Yeah. I think it was our very own Roger Hanna in the, the Sun that had reported this that linked with Manchester United, not a, a move that I think many people would be expecting because he's not played a lot of football. He had that loan spell at Livingston a couple of years ago. He's been sitting, I was going to say on the Rangers bench, but not even on the bench for Rangers in the stand. And all of a sudden there's a link with Manchester United out of pretty much nowhere. Well, Roger wouldn't pluck it out of thin air. If Roger says that there's been a connection there, then he got that information from somewhere. Uh, many things will go on at Manchester United uh, this close season. New manager in. They're a club drifting. Man City own Manchester. Uh, and Liverpool are there. And Chelsea are there. And Arsenal will be spending money in the summertime. So Man United have to hit the ground running. Rangers have a big decision to make on McCrory though because we'd heard his name for years coming through at the club very highly rated as a goalkeeper had a couple of loan spells in the championship then had a loan spell at Livingston that didn't really work out for him too much he couldn't really dislodge Max Dreyek for any long period of time that season he's only got a year left in his contract he's 24 years old now he's not playing much football Rangers need to decide right could this guy potentially be the long-term successor to Alan McGregor or is it a case of maybe looking to to shift him on if that's what's best for them and his career going forward? I think a move would be mutually beneficial. Uh, He knows, Robbie McCrory, that he's not going to come first in a a three-horse race with John John McLaughlin and Alan McGregor. And he is at that stage where he needs to play regularly. Uh, He'd get into the Scotland squad couple of weeks ago because Xander Clark was getting married and there was a vacancy there uh, but he knows that that was on exceptional circumstances best for him I think to go and get regular football somewhere if it is Manchester United I would very much doubt it would get regular first team football uh, but it might be taken by the notion of joining the world famous Manchester United but I think now now his time's up at Ibrox. Well, let's hear what you think. 01419511025 on the phones, or you can get in touch on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. There's, I'm sure there was a lot of reasons why Alan McGregor has decided to extend his Rangers stay. One of them may well be that he's hoping they can get another crack at the Champions League. Rangers, of course, entering at the, the third qualifying round this time round, have to get you know negotiate those to to get through to where Celtic are next season you think that'll be something he'd really want to be targeting if this is going to be his final season in a Rangers shirt I think he's your all manner of targets he's close to 500 appearances for Rangers he would want that he would want not to go out as runner up to Celtic which he was last season he would want to go out as a league title winner and then there's the Champions League. So the, the coming season is heavily incentivised for Alan McGregor. 500 appearances is quite something, isn't it, when you think about it? In this day and age as well, it rarely happens that a, a player will do that at one club. The fact he's had spells away as mm. well probably make it more impressive in a way because he, he's been away and he spent time away. But when he's been at the club, he's played consistently. Because he is, he's, whenever he's been in, he's, he's been their reliable number one. When he was lying on a beach somewhere thinking about it, what would go through his mind might have been, well, I don't want to be going out 
as the guy who came on for the final two minutes of the Scottish Cup final and who prior to that had lost out in a penalty shootout to Eintracht Frankfurt for a European trophy and also finished second to Celtic, he might think, let me go out with a season that is truly memorable. Is that the ultimate motivation then? If you're coming to the end of your career and you think, you know what, I, I don't want it to go out on what was potentially a, a low moment like the, the Europa League final that you can think, you know what, if I've got one more crack at this, I need to make sure that I help my club to as much silverware as possible. That's why I'm hanging on here. I want to go out on a big season where I get predictions right. I think you might be here a while, Hugh. Yeah. I think you might be here a while. I agree with you. Well, thank you to Andy 01419511025. Give us a call now and you could be up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 if you want to get in touch or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Few stories have caught my eye today, Hugh. Of course, the main one coming out of Dundee United is the fact that Jack Ross has been appointed their new head coach, and we'll get onto that one shortly. But one that intrigued me earlier on was that they've they've gone for a, a full rebrand. You know how companies and clubs do this sometimes, where they decide to to modernise their their whole outlook and, and their logo. I'll just show you now. We'll do a test. They've rebranded their logo, their club crest. Just holding that up now. There's the new one and the old one. What differences can you tell me you can see between those two? Absolutely none. It, it tells me that there are people at Tyndice who have far too much time on their hands and not enough to do. If that's what's uh, occupying their minds, never mind changing the badge. Just get the manager and get him going. Well, they got rid of clumsy negative space in, in their old uh, crest. Uh, if you could tell me what that means, I would love to know. You can absolutely discuss no Tam Courts in those terms. <laughs> 01419511025 on the phones. Colin is a Rangers fan up next in Airdrie. Colin, are you happy with the Alan McGregor news? Uh, yes, I am. Um, and to be honest with you, I think it's a good bit of business. Um, as I was saying to um, your producer, I feel that McLaughlin should be seen as number one goalkeeper. I think they can fill that spot, promote McCrory to number two, give him cup run, or see how he goes. And McGregor, for his age and stuff, he's there as a backup. If McLaughlin or McCrory don't um, produce the goods, then he's he's good enough to step in and cover the fold. So I just wonder about the panel's thoughts on that. Hugh, we don't know the, the ins and outs and what promises Alan McGregor has been made, if any, but would it be tough to imagine that he would be going into this season as Rangers' third-choice goalkeeper behind McLaughlin and McCrory? He would not... Resign under those terms He will come back As I say Not in a position To make demands But Expecting to be Either number one goalkeeper Or Coming in when John McLaughlin Drops out He would not Be of any value To himself As number three Just hanging about the place uh, So I, I think he's come back With his ambition intact Colin is the thought process Behind that That it Maybe gives Ross McCro- uh, Robbie McCrory sorry, a, a better pathway to the first team if he's the, the number two this season? Well, with all due respect, I, I think that um, you've got to look at it in all ways. So, Mc, so, McGregor was offered to go to um, United Arab Emirates on a big contract and didn't want to move. He was looking at a coaching role 
And to be honest with you, he's raved about um, Ross McCrory before. So I feel that for the team, I think he would, he would accept that they might not be first choice. Possibly not second choice. That's maybe written in the contract or whatever, but he believes in McCrory. And I think he would do it for the team where, you know what, see how they two produce, see how they go. And if you need me, I will step in. If you don't, I'm there to coach the two keepers. So I feel a different way. I think like, contracts and stuff like that, I think he still sees Rangers and the keepers. He's going to progress them, to be honest with you. Hugh, it would be a big jump really from Alan McGregor going from playing in a European final one yeah. season to effectively sitting in a stand every single week, wouldn't it? He's not come back for that purpose. He's come back with his ambition intact and to go after all the targets, as we said, the, the, the 500, 500 appearance for Rangers, the, the participation in the Champions League, the chance to go out as a title winner if Rangers can get the championship back from Celtic. Uh, number three is not what Alan McGregor is all about and he'll be on a healthy wage into the bargain and Rangers don't pay healthy wages for a number three to hang about the place Colin, the fact that it now looks like the goalkeeping position is sorted no matter you know what uh, ranking Alan McGregor goes into the season as whether he's number one goalkeeper, number two or number three as you say but are you quite happy that that's the case and, and Rangers can now Look to do business elsewhere, and, and what business are you hoping that is? Yes, I, I, I'm happy with that because, as I say, in respect of, I mean, McGregor's come out and said about, you know, we all know arthritis and stuff like that. So, what's better for the club? What's better for the player? However, I think getting this solidified with the keeper situation, hopefully, we can stop McCrory going to Man United. I think he's unable to himself that he could do well for Rangers. And now let's just concentrate on the wings and also up front. Um, and also, I'd just like to say, the the offer that was made for Lindstrom is derogatory, <laughs> in my eyes, is beyond belief. <laughs> what, what offer was that, Colin? Uh, was it not um, somebody offered um, £3 million or something for Lindstrom, um, a coffee down south? Whereas his transfer market value is five million, and we're not going to entertain that. I must say, Hugh, that that's one I missed. If the, if it was a case and there was a, a bid for yeah. Lund, uh, John Lundstrom, sorry, it's not one I've heard of. But his progression last season will mean that he is a player Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will be desperate to hold on to. And it, it looked as if he was maybe going out the door in January because it just hadn't worked yeah. out for him at all. And all of a sudden, six months later, he's a fan's favourite. John Lundstrom's task now is to repeat the back end of last season at the start of the coming season. Uh, no doubt he's of great value to Rangers, um, but what he did at the end of last season was thrilling to watch. He's got to replicate it now. Colin says the next order of business for Rangers should be looking in the attacking areas, whether that's up front, which we've mentioned before, and on the wing. That right wing spot is one that seems to have been a problem for Rangers for quite a number of years now they've not really had anyone, they've had Ryan Kent out in the left but no one's really held down that position, we've seen Yanis Hadji in there but he's obviously picked up an injury, Scott Wright mm. performed well towards the end of the season other players have, have dropped in there, the likes of Joe Aribo, is that an area you would expect Giovanni Van Bronckhorst to try and bring in a, a player that can make that position his own? 
Hadji hopefully will come back sooner rather than later. It's obviously been a, a terrible injury that he's suffered. Uh, if he's back 100% fit, then clearly he comes into contention. I think Scott Wright's entitled to think that he's done enough uh, to believe that he will get a chance again uh, when the season resumes. Well, thank you to Colin. 01419511025 on the phone. Celtic fans, maybe you've got an opinion about this one. There was a report in a Portuguese newspaper today saying that Celtic could be set to announce a permanent deal for Jota this week. They say there's just a few personal details that need to be sorted out between the club and player with a fee already agreed between Celtic and Benfica. So, Hugh, this will be promising news for Celtic fans, but I think we did hear similar a couple of weeks ago. It's yet to materialise yet, but Jota is still away on holiday. Celtic are back for pre-season training, so it it may well happen this week. We don't know. Well, the Celtic fans really want it to happen. I I think 100% unanimity on this one. The Celtic fans all want Jota signed up. Uh, It may be as simple as they're waiting for him to come back into the country and then they can get all the happy photographs at Celtic Park. I would not pretend to know for sure, but it appears to be inching closer and it would be to the great delight of the Celtic fans. You kind of get the impression in your head that it's dragging on just because it's been a few weeks and it seems as if the season has been over for ages, but when you really look at it, it is only the 20th of June. Because Celtic don't have any qualifiers to play and they're not in the Premier Sports Cup group stage, they don't actually start their season until the very end of July. So Celtic do have a lot of time to get this deal done. But the longer it goes on, then people do begin to think, is there something wrong here? Why can't it get done? If it's personal terms, how long does it take? So... The fans want it sooner rather than later, but this time of year is a nightmare uh, because you're never fully sure. Ange Postacoglu isn't there to be questioned by anyone uh, and you're never fully sure of what is actually going on because you're not privy to the, the, the finer detail. All that can be said with certainty is that the fans 100% want Jota back at the club on a permanent basis. If that deal goes through, it looks as if it will be about six and a half million, which was the agreed fee for the, the sort of loan to buy deal that Celtic signed last summer. That with Cameron Carter Vickers on top is, you know, an excess of, of twelve million pounds on two players, which seems a lot on the surface, but Celtic will be delighted because they've seen that the two players are, are at a level where they know they can uh, perform at the level they, they need them to. And when you've got Champions League money coming in as well, guaranteed for getting into the group stages, it doesn't feel as big an outlay either. They were vital as loan deals to get Celtic the title. They are vital for the retention of the title. Therefore, if it's £6.5 million in a clause in Jota's contract, that's what you have to pay. You wouldn't be surprised to see Ange Postacoglu maybe do more deals like that this summer, just given the success of Cameron Carter-Vickers and, and Jota and thinking, you know what, these sort of try-before-you-buy deals where you've got a, a fee agreed for next summer because they found success going down that route and then you can you can almost take a gamble and think, well, you know what, we've got them for the season and if we really like them, that then delays having uh-huh. to spend the money for another 12 months. It's part of the modern-day transfer business. So the, the fans won't object to that. If you get players in who, like Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers, go from loan deals to permanent deals because they were so exceptional as loan deal players, then that's fine. No one, no one's got any objection. But uh, they're looking. The Celtic fans are looking for the strengthening of the squad that won the title. 
Jota and Cameron Carter because we're there. They won the title, but Celtic are now looking, the supporters are now looking for others to come in. 01419511025. Let us know what you think on any of these stories today. You did say about looking at other players coming in at Celtic. They have been linked with a couple. The Benjamin Segrist deal isn't over the line yet. It looks as if that, that will happen. Another player Celtic are linked with as well. Alexandro Bernabe is a left back from Argentina. Quite a bit of chat about him. He was actually playing last night for Lannis and got off. sent off yeah. for a headbutt. So if that is to be his final game for the club, it's, it's some goodbye. But you know, I, I won't lie, he's not a player I've seen too much no. of, hadn't really heard of before this, but left back is an area that seems to be one that, that Celtic will be targeting this summer. Greg Taylor played there and was always very solid when he played there, but when he wasn't available, it was a case of dragging Josip Juranovic over there because volleyball and golly was an option Celtic had originally brought in to try and fill that, and we know that didn't work out, so you wouldn't be surprised if, if Bernabe comes in or whether it's another left back that Celtic are desperate to bring in this summer I listened to Ange Postacoglu's half hour interview on television last Thursday and when it came to discussing the January transfer window and the players who came in and who diverted the course of the season Celtic's way uh, he Ange Postacoglu said that the board had taken a leap of faith in him and given him his head in the transfer market and let him bring in the players and they were very successful in that regard So it's leap of faith time again Where Ange Postacoglu is concerned Is it less of a leap of faith Just because he's got a proven track record now He's now got two transfer windows That he can look back on and say Well I brought in this player, that player, this player And the majority of them have, have worked out There's not really been too many Ange Postacoglu signings That no. we've seen that have come in And, and not hit the ground running is the only one that we still don't know about because he was dogged by injury problems so he'll come back like a fresh player uh, to begin next season uh, and Ange Postacoglu will be trusted by the Celtic fans for the reasons you've outlined and he's now got the help of Mark Lawwell uh, and now he's got Harry Kuehl there beside him as well so uh, the Celtic fans are now just waiting to see what kind of leap Ange is going to take It was probably no surprise To see Harry Kuehl come in Because there was a lot of talk When Ange Postacoglu First came in About whether he was going to Bring in his own backroom staff That didn't happen there were Quite a few raised eyebrows At the fact that He came in and, and just wanted to do it Himself He does seem like Quite an independent guy But mm. now that he's had A year in the job He's had real time To assess his backroom staff And exactly what he needs to add And he's he brought in A fellow, fellow countryman I, I don't think that Harry Kuehl Is there because He's an Australian uh, I think he's there because of the kind of career he's had and uh, the the gifts that he will bring to the backroom team. Uh, it's an interesting one. You know, you have a situation where Ange comes in, everyone there was there before him. Uh, they all worked wonderfully well and won the title. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it's not fixing anything, it's adding to something. Well, let us know what you think. 01419511025. Another story I wanted to touch on just before the break. We'd been talking about it quite a lot last week. Calvin Ramsey and his move to Liverpool. That got confirmed yesterday. Aberdeen getting an initial fee of around £4 million. That could potentially rise to about £6.5 million with add-ons. There's been a lot of talk about the fee and, and how good that is for, for Aberdeen to get that. But as an opportunity 
for a young Scottish player to go to a club like Liverpool and the sounds coming out of England it seems as if he is going to be in and about that first team squad a lot of people thought you know maybe he'll go out on loan he'll play with the development side seems to be talk that he could well be going in as Trent Alexander-Arnold's backup this season which is quite something well quite something for a boy who played 39 times for Aberdeen that's it 39 times he's now got them sensational money for a teenager uh, money that will be devoted to strengthening Jim Goodwin's squad because it, it will need strengthening undoubtedly they finished 10th in the league Aberdeen absolutely not good enough for them uh, and it's a life changing move for Calvin Ramsey absolutely life changing for a teenager uh, and he talks a good game he's going down there full of confidence in himself and that's no bad thing and he'll have the wonderful Jurgen Klopp to guide him so again it's good business for Aberdeen and Liverpool have for not a great deal of money by Liverpool standards uh, acquired someone they believe has loads of potential the fact that he'll be going down there in and about the first team squad with some top quality coaches a guy like Trent Alexander-Arnold to look up to those can only be good things for Calvin Ramsey's development yeah I mean it's not as if you're expecting him to get much game time initially. He is a teenager. You know, unless he has an absolutely sensational start to the season, he's learning his craft and he's gone to a place of higher learning to do it. And he's probably got the perfect person to help him settle in. A fellow Scotsman, the Scotland captain, yep. a fellow fullback as well. That should help. I can see the two of them now with their iron brew and the shortbread <laughs> after training. 0141-951-1025 Dundee United have announced their new head coach We'll have a look at that after these 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Whatever is on your mind 0141-951-1025 is the number you need or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB That's what Chris has done He says Hi guys Does Hugh think it'll be a good bit of business or not if Hibs can land Aidan McGeady? Uh, interesting one that uh, I, I think it Aidan still has plenty to offer uh, I think Lee Johnson needs uh, All the good players he can lay his hands on uh, The season ended disappointingly for Hibs uh, Not to get top six Not good enough uh, So yeah, I, I think Aidan Who has plenty of self-belief uh, Would be a good signing for Hibs Someone that'll know more than most about Aidan McGeady is Lee Johnson as well from the time yeah. they spent together at Sunderland so you'd think he's going to be a good judge of character of what he's like physically now at the age of 36 how he's going to fit into the changing room how he'll do in Scottish football at, at this age well Lee Johnson understands the situation that he's in here uh, Hibbs had a chaotic season uh, the, the whole Sean Maloney business was a farce uh, the the business surrounding Jack Ross prior to Sean was a farce, uh, so he's got to break the cycle of farce. Uh, so he has to trust in his own judgment, and if he believes that Aidan McGeady still has the legs for it, then he should be going after him. Then, well, let's hear from you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Hey, another story that broke just before we came on air Dundee United have named Jack Ross as their new head coach he joins on a two year deal and replaces Tam Courts who of course left by mutual agreement 
last week. Is that a, a good move, do you think, Hugh? Jack Ross is first-class manager. Uh, as I say, the business surrounding Jack at Easter Road was farcical. Uh, far too trigger-happy at Easter Road under Ron Gordon. Uh, so when you consider the welcome that Tam Courts got when he came, who's he? Why is he getting it? And Tam Courts put United in fourth place in the league, European football, uh, and can only be commended. But I think for Jack Ross, it's time for the nomad to find a home. A, a, a home where he will lay down roots. Alloa, St Mirren, Sunderland, Hibs. He's now on his fifth club. Uh, and he's got to settle down somewhere and I think it's a very good move for Jack Ross and a very good move for Dundee United It's important for him to settle down somewhere but it's also important for Dundee United to find stability and yes they had a good season last time out they've got European football a fourth place finish a lot of youngsters blooded into the first team but you can't keep going through managers at the rate they're going through can you? No it's crazy Um, the legendary Jim McLean the man who basically invented the modern day Dundee United since Jim, they've had 23 managers that's laughable and you look at Jack Ross's record at, at Alloa and St Mirren he made good progress there he was PFA manager of the year I'm sure in, in one of his seasons at St Mirren when he got them promoted you look at the season before he got sacked at Hibs and they finished in third place in the league they got to I think was it a Scottish Cup final and a League Cup semi-final a, a real success of a season all round he'll have felt hard done by that only a few months later he was gone and do you think he's coming back into the Scottish Premiership feeling that he's got a point to prove? Um, no, I don't actually. I, I think he will come back into Scottish football knowing that Ron Gordon made a mess of it uh, or believing that Ron Gordon made a mess of it and that he was unfairly treated by the club. Um, so he'll be coming in with no damage done to his self-esteem in his own estimation uh, and I think he has to be mindful of the fact that Tam Court's 16 academy players 16 got first team football last season that's not to say that all 16 have to get more game time in the coming season but he has to be mindful of that as a way ahead because if Aberdeen are getting millions of pounds for an 18 year old Rangers get millions of pounds for Nathan Patterson uh, it's part of the game today uh, that you nurture the academy boys and then sell them on for a good profit So, but his first priority I think is to do better than the guy that went before him so if Tam Courts got Dundee United to fourth place in the league Jack Ross's priority is to finish third It seems like this was a real calculated move as well by Jack Ross because he's been out the game for quite a while now he said himself he's had plenty of offers from Scotland, from England, from abroad as well and he's knocked back all of those oh. and waited for the right opportunity so he must feel that there's something special about the club and this group of players that he can progress them and he, he can take them even further than Tam Courts did last season It's always handy as well in a city like Dundee a two-team town if you've turned down Dundee in order to take Dundee United so you're, you're off to a winner with the fans right away 01419511025 let's go back to the phones Joe is a Celtic fan in Glasgow Joe what's on your mind tonight? Uh, you mentioned Nathan McGee going to Hibs. Yes, I'm just wondering on how the how how his time at Hibs will be reported. Will the Scottish media have the same selective deafness they had when he was with Celtic and ignored the racist abuse that Aidan McGee suffered at every single ground in Scotland? 
Now and again, we mentioned that sectarianism. It was nothing but blind, out-and-out racism directed at him because of his Irish background. I hope the media silence this time round, if and when McGeady is abused in a similar manner, won't happen again. Aidan McGeady was, to my recollection, given that uh, sectarian abuse that you refer to, Joe, uh, as players do when they are born in Scotland but elect to play for the Republic of Ireland. Uh, it's commonplace. It's very, very wrong. Uh, and I hope I am breaking my silence uh, to your satisfaction. It's very wrong. And those were the reasons why it was done. Scott, who chose Ireland uh, because he felt comfortable there and has the Irish background, clearly has the qualifications to play for the Republic of Ireland. So there were times when uh, Aidan McGeady was on the wrong end of sectarian abuse. It, it, it is very, very wrong. I think I saw an interview with him recently where he did talk about this. He did have a platform to, to speak about it, Hugh. It's obviously something he feels strongly about, but he'll want to, to come up and, and do his talking on the pitch as well. Happened to James McCarthy as well. I remember interviewing James McCarthy when he was a Hamilton Ackies player and he was getting that kind of abuse because James McCarthy, born in Scotland, opted to play for the Republic of Ireland. It is shameful. It continues to go on to the mystification of people who can only say it's the 21st century. When do you kick this stuff into touch? Uh, but Aidan will come back as a mature person and he, he won't want to hear it again. Uh, I, I suspect he will not hear it again. Um, but it did go on in the past and all I can say to Joe is it is shameful, it is horrible and we can only hope that one day all of this rubbish will be consigned to the dustbin of history. Well, thank you to Joe. There was another topic I wanted to touch on just before we run out of time. Lawrence Shankland linked with a move back to the Scottish Premiership yeah. this time with Hearts. He moved to Beershot in, Germ- in Belgium sorry, last summer at a club that struggled. They got relegated. He scored five goals. I know he had been playing out of position there as well. At times, Robbie Nielsen seemingly keen on, on having a reunion. Lawrence Shankland will probably feel that, that he wants to get his career back on track yeah. that, that, that it was a move that didn't really work for him No it did not uh, And there may be reasons why it did not work And it may not just be down to the club and him playing out of position Maybe he feels that he could have done better there However, that passage is over And if he does get the chance to save for Hearts uh, I think that would be good for Hearts and good for Lawrence Shankland it's easy to forget that he was in Scotland squad. Steve Clark had him in, in plenty of squads yep. when he was at, at Dundee United and he was scoring goals. That's all faded in the last year or so. He's not really been mentioned at all around any of the Scotland squads. He'll have ambitions to, to not only come back and score goals, but to get him back in the international picture as well. Some players find it difficult to adapt to another culture. We're talking about Aidan McGeady. Aidan McGeady went to Russia and had three very good years in Moscow. Uh, and... To his eternal credit, he went into that different culture and he made the very best of it. Sadly for Lon Shankland, he was not able to make the best of the move to Belgium. If he comes back to his own country, he may revel in the return. I suppose it's always tough as a striker when you go somewhere and you're at a club where you're near the bottom of the table that aren't creating many chances. He'll feel that's maybe not a fair reflection of what he can offer. Well, you know, he'll be entitled to his opinion because it was him that was living through those times. However, you, at the back of the mind, you always have to ask yourself, could I have done more? 
Could I have done better in that environment? But as I say, that time is coming to an end. And if it's a chance to move back to a very good club, club who finished third in the league, club who will be in Europe until Christmas, then it would be a very good move for Lauren Shankland. And a club potentially looking to replace Ellis Sims. There's not been too much chat about whether he'll be back. He was a key part of the, the yeah. Hearts team towards the end of last season. They'll be looking to replace the, the goals and the physicality that he offered up top. Well, if he's not back, then it's their loss uh, because he was excellent in a maroon jersey. Uh, but Lauren Shankland, I think, would take an immediate lift simply from being back in a culture that he fully understands. Well, thank you for listening in tonight. Thank you for all your calls and all your tweets. And thank you to Hugh Keevans as well. I'll be back tomorrow night. We're not going anywhere this summer. Plenty of transfer news on the go and it'll only get hotter and hotter as pre-season and, and Premier Sports Cup and the European qualifiers get ever closer. Stick around tonight though because Callum Gallagher's up next. <laughs>